Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging? Yeah, that's it, mate. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown Podcast. We're live on Red Army Radio, but if you're listening to us on those podcast apps, welcome. I'm Johnny, and I'm joined by my two extravagant co-hosts, Dana and Elliot. And well, a defeat on Tuesday night left Borough's Carabao Cup dreams in tatters after a defeat to Barnsley. But on Saturday, a first Borough goal for Marcus Brown gave Borough their first point of the new season against newly relegated Bournemouth. Dana, I'm going to start things off with you. Disappointment during the start. We'll start the week against Barnsley, um, but I thought we played a lot better against Bournemouth, and especially and we played well against Watford as well um, the week before. But how would you rate Borough's performance against uh, Bournemouth? I thought we were really, really good. I was really impressed with us against Bournemouth. We won the midfield battle, which I pinpointed last week as um, a potential area for Borough to exploit, and and we were very good in our press. I think the difference between the Barnsley and the Bournemouth game is that against Barnsley we were pressing as individuals and it wasn't a team press, but you know against Bournemouth we were putting them under constant pressure and like I mentioned again last week, I think if you put them under pressure you'll force them to make mistakes and, and we did exactly that. We forced them into making errors on the ball and they were there for the taking really. I thought there were some fantastic performances, Dyke Steele again. Um, I thought the, the back three... Um, Hall and McNair as well were, were fantastic. Um, you know, I thought Britt was was very good. Yeah, it was a it was a very good game, and I thought it was a performance that deserved three points. Unfortunately, we couldn't get that, but I think it was a 
it, it was definitely a performance where I think you know we can look back on it and, and be proud of the display that we put in. Yeah, I thought it was a decent display for the the thousand fans that come back at the Riverside. But else, after a solid 50, after a solid about thirty five minutes, I thought Bora played quite well. We switched off and conceded from a set play again uh, with an own goal from Johnson. Or Neymar, we like to call him. Uh, look, do you think Borough really unfortunate to go down at half time? Getting beat. Yeah, really. Um, it was it was so frustrating as well because I think we we played quite well and um, I think you know the, the set pieces are going to be our our sort of stickler this season. We're going to need to work on them. Um, it was a slice of good fortune about it definitely, and I think Bettinelli will be um kicking himself about it because I think overall he, he definitely improved from Tuesday um from when we were talking about him on on Instagram live about um he was quite poor on Tuesday but I, I think he you know, he pulled off some great saves um in the game in general so I thought to, to go in one nil down was quite unfortunate and um I'm glad we battled back and got a point but um in all honesty from the the number of chances we created it could have been could have been more yeah I was gonna say with a lot with Millsborough last year was was down, and when we were getting beat one nil, it seemed like we switched off and looked defeated um, as a team, especially at home towards the end of the season. And um, were you happy with that second half response? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think I see I seen a tweet this morning that was on about the sort of number of chances created, and I mean I remember looking yesterday. And I think that's quite a lot. I mean I, I know we kind of always put Bournemouth down as not a great team defensively anyway, but. Um, in the games this season, I think we've created an awful lot where we really struggled last year. I mean, but it seems like both seasons were, were struggling to score. But I think this year it's just down to the sort of the conversion rate of it, essentially. So, um, you know, we've created. I think was it twenty nine, thirty chances I'd seen. Whereas that period last year where we had that Luton game and Barnsley and everything, we had one shot on target, didn't we, against Luton or something? So, um, you know, it's much improved to see that. You know, going forward, we're a lot better. We're not afraid of even having a pop from outside the box as well. Um, and I just think that'll come with time. The players are going to, you know, once we get a couple of wins as well, um, they'll start to grow in confidence a bit more. The training will start to pay off. Um, and, and yet, so not all as uh, a doom and gloom as we, we might have thought. So Yeah, m- maybe I should start worrying about a potential tattoo, you know? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, but Dana, look... Elliot alluded to it there. There's plenty of chances in that first half, plenty of chances in the second half. The conversion rate was quite poor. Um, we spoke about that lack of quality going forward. Um, it hasn't just been a problem this season. It's been a problem for the last couple of seasons. Um, but how good was McNair's ball for Brown's goal? Um, because that was the one bit of quality that we actually had. Oh, it was unbelievable. It's the type of delivery that is just so satisfying to watch because he, he whips it across the face of the goal. I think it just evades Brit. Yeah. And then Marcus Brown puts it in the back of the net. Really happy for Marcus Brown as well, by the way, because I think it'll be a massive confidence boost for him to get off the mat for this season. But yeah, McNair, McNair's performance against Bournemouth, I was looking into the stats after the game. Most touches, second most aerial duels won, second most key passes, most dribbles and an assist as well. I think, you know, he was fantastic. A lot of people's pick for man of the match. I think both him and Dykesteel were very, very good uh, yesterday against Bournemouth. Exactly what Dana said about us um, winning the midfield battle as well. When I checked the average positions, obviously he was the left centre-back, but his average position in the game was like a holding midfielder, yeah. um, which at some points could maybe see where we were out of position when Dominic Solanke got in behind when the, the broke quickly and there was no one kind of covering that left centre-half position. But... At the same time, it allowed us to have that overload in, in midfield um, and be able to close um, Bournemouth down quickly. So, 
it's a case of people are, are kind of saying now well do you put him back in the midfield because of it but it kind of worked of having that system of they probably thought oh well he's going to sit back mm-hmm. and and actually it maybe sprung a, a surprise so yeah there's yeah. one thing i was really impressed with yesterday was the fluidity of the positional play um, between Housen and, and McNair as well if one was to go up one would drop back into center half and we'd always ma- maintain that three without possession but also with possession it gave McNair the ability to to join the midfield battle and obviously over override them in midfield and it, it, we created chances because of it um but wow, that, that ball uh from he's, he's was fantastic. yeah he's definitely got you know, there's no question that um anyone comes close to him in terms of delivery i think a, a few people that um especially yesterday were quite poor i think johnson hasn't been that uh wasn't that good yesterday with his delivery to have um has been quite wayward as well um i think yeah if we didn't have McNair, there'd be a, a serious lack of creativity, which is weird to say for your your left centre back. Um, but yeah, it's uh... well. Would you like to, would you like to see Paddy McNair further up the pitch then, or would you like to keep him in that left centre back role and be a bit more fluid and come and join in the attack when we have possession? It's it's hard, isn't it? It's a bit of a it's a bit of a potential headache. Um, I wouldn't. I'd keep him in defence. Yeah, because we were saying this last season. I still. Not that I don't know any of the best positions, but I think sometimes they do tread on each other's feet a bit at times. And we used to say about Savile and McNair, I think when um, he's there, he's not already in the starting position where Savile is. He's going to be behind him and he'll run from deep. So um, I think it might work um, potentially for a while because you know it might cotton on to teams. You know that, that that's going to be what we'll do. Um, but I think it certainly worked yesterday against a team that's just been relegated. So. It's um, not too dissimilar to Sheffield United, you know, the the three that they have that we've become so accustomed to seeing, you know, you'll see Jack Connell uh, going to midfield. I think Paddy McNair's composure on the ball and Dykesdale's actually, it allows them to get into midfield and both them two, when I was looking at their positions on the pitch, the heat map, they were both quite high up. Um, and I just feel like, although I do, I, I understand that people want him in midfield because that's why he plays for Northern Ireland. But I just think that you know somebody said on Twitter afterwards that you know he goes into the opposition half and he has that space then to pick, you know, because people a ball there's no out, there's yeah. no one who's supposed to be his marker. Yeah, exactly. Almost, um, if he's in midfield, another midfielder will pick him up. But if he's in defence, you're basically asking um, a striker who doesn't really have that sort of sense of awareness because their only instinct is, is to kind of attack. You're not going to ask them to try and mark a centre back um, as they push up the pitch. It's you know they're, they're not going to do it. So well, espe- um, especially now as, as as teams tend to play a one up front. Uh, if, if you're opting to play more of a four two three one or you're playing a four three three, that one centre forward, he's tend to stays. He tend to stay on the probably on the slow defender or the ball ball playing centre half. Um, probably why we slightly found the, the bit of space when he went in and missed the one on one. But in terms of McNair's positioning in that centre forward play as well. You're right. He he has the ability to to go forward because that centre forward is probably not going to track someone in the opposition half because he has to try and stay up. And then obviously that leads him a one on one with Grant Hall. And if you have a bit of pace, you're probably going to be in because um, I think Grant Hall's that's probably one of his main weaknesses. But his positional play is is quite good. Uh, but Els, that's two games now um, against the 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 two well the the two newly relegated sides. Um, would you say we we've probably matched those? In, in terms of the standard of play over the last couple of games? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, and there was one thing that I was kind of thinking about after the game had finished yesterday, and it, it kind of harks back to Karanka in the Premier League. I, I, I don't want to go on about it too much because I know how much we've gone on about Karanka before. But um, when we went up, we were obviously the, the underdog in the league. We knew we didn't have the quality to match certain teams. 
And I feel like a lot of the times, even though it looked as though, um, if you look at the result at the end of the game, if we lost 1-0 or we drew 0-0 or whatever, um, people are labelled it boring or whatever. But we were only one goal, either a set piece or um, a moment of you know brilliance from someone like, like McNair yesterday um, from either winning or drawing the game. And I think we, I know it's only two games so far, but we seem to be in the games and we're not getting a blow, blown away like last season. That, that jinx, because I don't want it to be, you know, those 3-0 defeats of Cardiff and Bristol City last season. But if we can remain in games, um, I'm all for losing 1-0 and, um, you know, at least being within a chance of, of winning the game instead of going gung-ho and losing 3 or 4. Um, and I think we even with a, a quite poor defence as what we've alluded to already um, and not very good from set pieces, we seem to be in the games, which is a promising thing. So if we do even get another centre-half in um, and improve over the, as the season goes on, I think you know we've got a really good chance of, of actually doing something a lot better than last year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a, something I, I kind of picked up yesterday when you think about the two teams that have just came down and a 1-0 defeat and a 1-all is not too bad at all, considering... You know, we we almost got relegated last season, so yeah. Well, can't you know you've jinxed it, else. <laughs> yeah, three 0 defeat against Cupiana. Bottom of the league at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, even though the, the, the performances have improved this season, and, and I would say by distance as well, um, we've still not won at home in the league since Boxing Day. Um, but is to it's what you've been saying there. Would it be right to suggest that we should be optimistic for the season? Um. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, it's been a bit mixed so far, I guess. You know, we've we've had um, the two cup games and two league games. I think you kind of have to look at them in isolation, separately. Because I think the cup is completely different. It was kind of obvious. I think that we didn't really, you know, Warnock wasn't really targeting it to go through, and it was more of a like a friendly almost. It was a fitness game to him. Um, well, I guess we'll get onto that in a bit. Whether we think that's kind of right or wrong, but uh, it's. You know, I, I think the league games in general. I think we've we've played quite well. Um, we've created a lot of chances. Two set pieces of of undone us. Um, we haven't been blown away by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, I think we might struggle against some teams where they, they do look to play it around us. Obviously, that happened against Barnsley. There was a period of play yesterday where Bournemouth, when uh, Billing came on, he was very composed on the ball, and um, we do struggle to get it back at times. Um, so, yeah, it, I think we can be optimistic for the season. I think uh, Warnock is slowly improving players um, on the performances last season, and if he can get as much out of them as possible, um, then I think we'll be fine. Yeah, well, I'll probably say the one real negative from from yesterday really was actually Fletcher going off. Uh, him obviously coming off probably it looked like a hamstring strain. I'm not really particularly sure. Um, obviously, with those, you've got to be quite careful. Um, but then I believe Borough with two centre forwards now with two Rackpom coming in. Um, but how big of a miss do you think Ashley Fletcher will be? Oh, it'll be a massive miss. I think him and Britt will, will be two of our most important players this season. And especially based off last season when he had you know the best campaign of, of his career today, I think it'll be a, a huge miss. But like you mentioned there with, with Tuba Akpom, it presents an opportunity for him to go straight in and you know to to just fire straight away. Um, yeah. And to just be that player that takes his, his opportunity, which I think is, is fantastic for him. But yeah, for, for Fletch, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not a, a long-term injury or anything. Because like you said, hamstring injuries can be um, difficult ones. So yeah, fingers crossed on Fletch. 
Yeah, so so come on, Tuba Rack Pom. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> we haven't figured out the uh, rest of the lyrics for that, have we? We've got good ones for Bettinelli and Marzi. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Uh, isn't that just the same song, though, for three different players? Slightly different. I think we've got Save Some Shots for Warney and Score Some Go... No, Stop Some Attacks for Warney. Score Some Goals for Warney, there yeah, you go. There, there we go. go. It's the same song, <laughs> just three different plays. It doesn't rhyme. <laughs> no, no. We need to work on it, I think. Yeah, well, we're not lyrical geniuses. We'll, we'll, call, him, we'll call him Ak Pommy then, if you want. <laughs> yeah, um, but we'll just add the E sound on the end of his name, so it suits us. <laughs> Tuba Ak Pommy, that's his name. <laughs> Talk about square posts and round holes, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, we're trying. We're <laughs> doing uh, Tuba, two, two million pound deal. Arsenal prospect used to be an absolute FIFA legend at one point. Everyone used to buy him and uh, Benneke Forbear one, uh, once upon a time. Um, he's played for PLK, uh for the last couple of seasons. What's your thoughts on the sign? What do you think we can we can expect from the new centre forward? I think we can expect somebody who is hungry to pr- prove a point. It's like what we've mentioned on the podcast before about buying players with points to prove. Um, personally, I'm really happy with it. I know it's obviously been met with a lot of negativity on social media because people automatically go towards their goal record, which, I mean, is... Sign Messi. It's understandable. <laughs> we got signed Messi in that Warnock you card yeah. yesterday. Um, thanks uh. for that, whoever did that. But, yeah, I think, you know, I was looking into it a little bit more and um, he was voted the Greek Cup final most valuable player in 2018-19 in the same season that they won the double for the first time in the club's history. You know, he was a big player in, in that season. He actually scored the goal in the cup final, hence why he got the most valuable player award. Um, 13 goal, goal contributions um, in the last two seasons. I almost said call again there. Um, in the last two seasons. Second sign in minus. Like I said, it's uh, Satanic Mills. That's the type of player we're going after now. Oh my. But um, yeah, 10 goals and three assists last season and then eight and five in the season before that. And Park fans seem to really, really like him. Somebody replied to a tweet um, about Akpom joining Borough and said that you know he's a great guy, always gives 100%. He just knocked out Benfica in the Champions League with an assist. Um, he's not the best scorer, but he can create chances. And he also scored at Championship beside Derbys and at Cup Finals. Uh, let him play before you draw conclusions. I, I don't know why, but I have a really, really good feeling about Tube Akpom at Borough. Um, screams coloured fall on it now. <laughs> yeah, we keep jin- we're, we're going to be jinxing things, aren't we? Um, no, no but we're just opt- we're just opt- we're just optimistic people, I guess. But I I, I kind of uh, agree with Dana on it. To be honest, I think um, yeah, goal records aren't the only thing to go off it. You know, if you were looking at um, Brit, you could say, oh well, you know, he's he's declined since he's came to Borough, and yes, you could probably say based on goals he, he has. Um, but his role's changed an awful lot, and I think he's trying to play a different type of game. And he's he, you know, he's had to play different types of games over the past few seasons anyway, because he's had so many different styles of uh, different managers. So, um, but you know, he still managed to be the top goal scorer. I mean, he was joint last season, but he, he was I think he was a top goal scorer the other seasons, wasn't he? Before that, so um, yeah, I think uh, even if you know. Chibarapo comes in, he's not going to be the, the main goal scorer. We still need someone who can create as well. As we said last week, we're still crying out for someone who can do that. Um, you know, we've even got people like Harry and Harry Kane's not the, the <laughs> kind of the same ilk as, as these guys, obviously. But um, it's uh, you know, he's still a very creative player as well as a goal scorer. So um, yeah, I, I'm all for it. He's 24, is he? So yeah. it kind of fits in that mold of point to prove. It's not he's not quite hit his prime in terms of um 
you know where his age should be for his ability and things um but yeah he wants to come back and prove himself in in england he's you know he obviously moved to greece because he wasn't really um hitting the heights as what he thought he might have at arsenal um so he's come back and yeah. yeah. So what good. I will say about it as well, though, um, is like we've mentioned, you know, he's a player with a point to prove. And, I th- you know, Neil Warnock seems to really relish improving players. So I think that should be a match made in heaven. I think he's, you know, chosen the right club to come to. Although a lot of people say that Borough is a striker's graveyard. But I think the fact that Neil Warnock seems to really like to make players better, like we've said before, and like he said himself, I think it should be a good signing. And I'm, that's why I'm happy about it. Yeah, well, with Warnock saying he was his number one target as well, is that the reason why you are so optimistic? Is is he? Was he? I know he said that, but I mean, he did I, go look, in for Sonogo, didn't he? Like, don't don't, don't shoot the messenger. You know? <laughs> I mean, I think, you know I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I mean it could just be um, you know a good good line there from Warnock to instill some confidence in Akwan. But if he is, then then fair play. I think you know the fact that we've we've landed him. He seems to be, although not the best scorer, which I know people are going to say, well, he's a striker. It's not a great thing if he could, you know if he's not a great scorer, but. You know, like I said, thirteen goal contributions in the last two seasons for somebody that's probably going to be more—I don't want to say third choice, but definite, definite competition to um, Fletcher should he be fit and Brit. I think he's a very, very good, very good option, and you know, a bit of optimism—he's got a better goal record than Snogo. Well, well, look, um, Fletch and Brit are out of contract at the end of the season, so mm-hmm. he's going to be fighting to get into that uh, that starting eleven and improve a point as well, and it also. It works for Borough because if Chuba Akpom comes in, he's scoring more goals than, say, Britain and Fletcher, then it gives Borough, like, the leverage with different contract negotiations as well because if, if Brit's not scoring and Akpom's out, like, outscoring him quite easy, I know the, the positions are a little bit different in terms of centre-forward role, but centre-forwards get marked on goals, and if he's scoring more, Borough can kind of say, well, we're paying Chuba Akpom this, and you're wanting this, which is probably a lot more, why should we pay um, and then you could look for a deal probably in the January window. But I'm not saying get rid of him. Um, yeah. I'm saying, saying like it gives Borough the leverage in in, mm. the, in negotiations. But it leaves it leaves Borough now with 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 three strikers. Else, um, three strikers. Obviously, I appreciate Fletcher's a little bit injured at the minute. Um, <laughs> a little bit injured. A little bit injured. You, could, you never know. It could be just a little niggle. But um, Steve Walker doesn't look like he's going to get in the in the frame at all. It looks like he's going to probably take another year on loan, which is probably best for his career. Um, but three main strikers now. How important is it for us to keep adding now to the the tran- um, to the team before the transfer window shuts? Uh, yeah, still important. I think um, <clears throat> I think uh, you know the starting eleven as it is. You know, we reverted to type after after trying people out in midweek. I don't think anyone really stick the claim. Um, but you know, one or two injuries to to that starting eleven, and we could be in really um, deep trouble again. Um, I think two positions where I think we need to cover well. I think we need another centre half, definitely. And I, th- I keep thinking about right wing back. And I think if Spence gets injured, I know House and, and McNair and other people can fill in there, but it's maybe not the same sort of attacking outlet. Um, and Warnock's let on that, you know, the wing backs are going to have to contribute a lot this season in in being able to get up and down the pitch. And I think um, they don't have the same legs for that as Spence does. So Do I you think, think Dyke steals an option there potentially. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I would keep I, him. At yeah, I'd, I'd keep him centre half. I, th- yeah. I think he gets exposed. Um, mm. I don't think right back's his position. I appreciate he's played there for Charlton, and I'm not saying I think if back, injuries come into it, he'll he'll obviously naturally go there yeah, from doing it. But I, I'd like extra cover there if mm. possible. Um, I also think Jed Spence needs competition. 
You know, yeah, yeah. I yeah, would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we'll. Pl- I think we'll probably come on in a second. I've got one couple more questions before we jump into this, but I think it's if you have competition for places in every single position, it just you just seem to perform a lot better. Mm. Um, well, Karanka, yeah. I know we're going back to Karanka again, but Karanka always had two players per position. It's it's something that he, he swore by that he would always bring in somebody. If ever there was a third option, that would be too much. He always had two players per position, mm. so I do agree with you there, Johnny. Yeah. Um, well, we're speaking about links and and, and getting players in. Els, I know you've you've said that you want to keep Adam with Dana. Um, John Jones, he's he's been linked again uh, from Rangers. It's a rumor that won't go away. Um, but would you would you like to see the, the Borough Academy graduate come back to the Riverside after his spell in in Scotland? Mm, I'm not so sure. I don't. Firstly, I don't even think that's a real link, to be honest. I just feel like it's his agent putting it out there because, mm. I mean, he is available, so it's probably yeah. just the it's agent not going away, is it? It's, it's, it isn't. I think we should add that to the transfer window bingo, shouldn't we? Mm, what, John Jones? Yeah, John Jones being linked. Um, QPR and Swansea and Bristol City being in for our players. Us um, losing out to a player. And Billy Sharp. Billy <laughs> <laughs> Sharp. <laughs> and one borough having spies at uh, Rockcliffe. But no... Um, I think it's probably one that is just agent talk, to be honest. I don't really expect... I mean, to be fair, I know Warnock has come out and said that he doesn't want um, any wingers, and I know that John Jones can play centrally as well. Um, but I just I don't feel as though it's it's a deal that, that will be done. But, I mean, as the transfer window draws to a close, you never know what can be available. I mean, John Jones himself is available. Could the door potentially open? It might do. But, I mean, it's definitely an area, that creative department, that we need... Um, improvement in and um, would John Jones improve it? Probably. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> never say never. I guess. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think with when you've got Marcus Brown, who's probably going to be competing with Tav in that number ten role. He's not for me. Brown's not a centre forward. Um, yes, he was making good runs, and yes, he was in the right place at the right time uh, for McNair's cross, and he should have probably scored a second one as well. Obviously, mm. uh, George Savile was getting in the way. Um, <laughs> But thanks for this. And, uh, Ruining my goal. <laughs> thanks, Savile. Um <laughs> But it's just it, oh, I think we yeah, we, we do need just competition around the whole team and it kinda comes back down to that, that winning mentality and that, that culture that needs to be in the club. Um Ben Strickland's probably it's probably good could good to say this actually because Ben Strickland I, I put a question and he said, Is it worth Borough employing a mental coach to instill a winning mentality like a lot of progressive teams are doing? We've got a lot of quality players for this league, um, and it could could it be a an unlock? Could it could it be uh, a way of unlocking their potential? Just couldn't get my words out there. <laughs> Struggled. Um, I mean, I'm not too clued up about it to be honest. I mean, I think the uh, key phrase there is <laughs> progressive teams. I don't know whether it's unfair of me to say that we're on a progressive team, but um, it could potentially be something that we can add. I think <sighs> the thing is with the coming straight off the back of the Bournemouth game in particular you know we went 1-0 down but our heads never went down and yeah I know we didn't win the game in the end which is what Ben's essentially talking about but I think we can definitely take a positive from the fact that we did battle back and at the end of the day I think it's just work needs to be done on you know the the final third um there was a few instances uh, yesterday where there was just a real lack of composure uh, in the final third there was a ball where uh, Savile or a, a phase of play where Savile got in um, and he really should have just cut it back. He should have just, you know, sort of uh, looked up, really composed himself and, and put the ball into the box. And he just didn't, he fizzed it across. It was far too powerful for anybody to get on, on the end of and it was cleared in the end. I think that is what we need. Um, 
you know, would a, a mentality coach help? Probably. Um, but I think the biggest issue that Borough have is just refining that that play in the final third, which I mean has always been our Achilles heel in it. And, you know that needs to be sorted out. I think there's always work that can be done to the um, coaching team. I think there was a um, something that came out maybe a couple of months back about um, Liverpool and hiring um, set piece coaches um, to oh, specifically God, just to just work on work on that. And I think. Uh, you know, the more specialised and refined you can get if you have a separate person doing each part and they don't need to work on multiple things, um, you know, the, the better overall outcome you'll, you'll have. But um, at that, the same... Is that, is that getting too granular, though? That's what I was thinking, yeah. Uh, no, Brentford have a set-piece coach. It, it can be, That's but well. I think it, it depends, you know, one, if you have the money to do it, and, and two, if you you know, if, if you if the coaches that are already there are not happy to kind of give up doing the task, if they enjoy doing them and they've got the time to do it, you don't have a, a huge squad, which we don't, um, then I think it might be okay. And I think in terms of an actual mentality coach, um, I feel like Warnock, um, Blackwell and... Jepson. Jepson, I can think of his name there. And even Sounds even like Leo. Um, like and Leo as well, I think are quite strong-willed people. Um, from what I've, I mean, we know... Leo, obviously, um, well, more than the others. But I think uh, from the rest of them, I don't feel like the players would not feel motivated from from those four. I feel like we've got a much stronger um, setup than we did last year. So I think I think we might get away without something like a, a mentality coach. But if something was to happen with it, you know, I'd be all for it. I think I'm all for kind of specialising as, as much as you can. But it obviously does come down to the the money and if it's worth it you know if you're just going to get it in and they're not doing much work throughout the week then it's kind of like you're, you're paying someone to do a nothing position type of thing so yeah it i think what i think ben's trying to allude to is um i think it's not trying to be all complicate things if you've watched the all or nothing documentaries with i think manchester city and also spurs as well if you have, if you haven't seen it um Mourinho and pep are very very good at breaking the game down making it very basic and just telling the players it's just say, oh, you just need to score one goal, or just be confident, have time on the ball. You know, just try and like just like calm things down a little bit when things are when it's a fan. Um, nearly, see, <laughs> nearly said it. Um, you just got to be confident and be patient, and also be calm and just try and prove that football is a very, very basic game, uh, and when it's done correctly, anyway. I think in terms of like a winning mentality coach. Um, that can also come with performances. If when you win games, um, and you constantly win games, it's it breeds that mentality. But also when it comes to like positions as well, and I mentioned there about Jed Spence, he needs competition. The strikers need competition. Um, the goalkeepers need uh, competition. Everyone needs competition because that strives success. Because if you don't have someone on your tail, then you're just gonna get a little bit like, well, I'm gonna start. So yeah, yeah, why why should I start? Why should I have the intensity in training? Why should I have intensity again? Because I'm going to play anyway. Yeah. Um, I think we need more of that. Um, but also Warnock making the starting eleven and more of like a little bit of an exclusive club, saying, "Oh, well, if you're in the eleven, you get a bit more privilege and say if you're on the bench." So yeah, you know what I mean. I think we're I think um, we're definitely looking for another one as well up front, which will even further cement that with those strikers because um, he, he did say about one more which is obviously Akpom and then he said he wants um, he said a younger lad on loan is what he kept referring to so obviously 
we're going to be looking out for that. I assume a Premier League loan. It could be elsewhere, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, just four strikers. It's uh, you know, it's even more the case, especially if people do get injured, like how Fletcher is now. If it's a you know a couple of weeks, you've only got then one person on the bench. If you've got two strikers on the bench, you kind of think both of us could actually come off today if we both don't perform. So yeah, um, I think yeah. we. I think one the one backlash you might have on that saying oh, I'm going to get a younger player from a Premier League team is but our fans are probably going to say well what's what's wrong with Steve Walker why can't we use Steve Walker it's going to come down to quality if that if that Premier League player is better than Steve Walker then yeah. why are you mourning he keeps saying you know I mean? he so, keeps saying experience as well doesn't he um, uh, why not so if it's someone who's been alone to a championship club before and you know bagged a couple of goals or they've even been a fringe player in the Premier League and got one or two goals they've had the experience whereas I don't know you kind of say well it's almost like you know looking for a job almost or when do you get the experience and I think he's uh you know he's probably been given opportunities in training and um friendlies and things and he just doesn't look like he's maybe good enough to you know Might you can ready, you yeah. pe- people people bloom at that different points in the career don't they but um you know we don't see what goes on in in all of the behind closed doors friendlies and everything like that so um you know, he, when he when he was asked about it, he said, "You know, I think we need someone with experience." So that was kind of saying, you know, Steve was not really going to be involved. So yeah, it's it's kind of out of our hands, and it, it is tough because obviously you'd like to we like to see players come through the academy. We've had quite a number in the past season, so um, yeah. yeah. I mean, just because you come through the academy doesn't yeah, guarantee doesn't gar- yeah. it, shouldn't, it shouldn't guarantee mm. you're a place. I know, I appreciate it's it's nice yeah. to see academy players come through. It saves the club a lot of money. It also it's good for the area because you see another Borlad player for the team. Um, or like some obviously Sam Falaren's an example of where he came from too and, and came through and Wing came from where did he come from again? Shildon Shildon and obviously he's came through so I mean it doesn't guarantee it shouldn't guarantee your place just because you come from the area um, I think it should always come down to quality um, it's like for a job like you're not going to you're not going to hire someone since if he lives around the corner from your house you know what I mean you're going to well, well, we did last year. Well, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, look how that so, turned out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. It, it should um, come. It should come down to quality and what you bring to the table, rather than just being from the area, which is, which is, yeah, is what it is. Um, but let's move on, Dana. Uh, let's chat about QPR. Obviously, next Saturday, uh, Borough are away to QPR. I'm going to pass the mic over to you two, and you can break down QPR. Yeah, they lost their last game against Coventry three two on Friday night. I was I caught a little bit of that game. Uh, they were playing a, a four-two-three-one formation. Um, their midfield in the second half was a big problem, um, a bit like the Bournemouth game. Uh, sorry, uh, Bournemouth last week against Blackburn. They just didn't have somebody that could really take the game by the, the scruff of its neck. Um, I think they've got Luke Amos, who was linked with Borough. I'm kind of glad that we we missed out on him because, by all accounts, he's he's not really hitting um, the the right mark at QPR. They had. Tom Carroll as well and, and uh, Elias Chair, um, who I still think is a fabulous name. Um, but they just <laughs> don't have a player that can really, you know, break up the play. Um, and I think that's why they struggled in the in, in the commentary game because uh, commentary had one in uh, Gustavo Hamer, who I pointed out to, to use on the group chat. A very, very good player Tom. in that game, yeah. Um, they really struggled to create anything from open play. They had uh, one shot mm. in on target in the second half. I think that was a goal. Um, they are really missing as a, and I'd even go as far as saying they're missing uh, Naki Wells as well because they've got Lyndon Dykes up front, who's a very good player, but they don't have that second striker. They don't have the link between the midfield uh, and the attack. They've just got these like pretty passing patterns. 
um, in the middle, but there's just no penetration and, and then they're in need of somebody to, to link the midfield and the attack. But yeah, areas for Borough to exploit. Um, QPR are notorious for not being able to defend very well. Um, one uh, QPR fan said uh, against Coventry, it wasn't ropey, it was embarrassing. And then somebody else <laughs> said that it was like watching celebrities talk yeah, uh, yeah. world affairs. Yeah, when I when I look back at the highlights, to be fair, the defending was really poor. Um, mm. And the goalkeeping as well for the first two yeah, goals. Lonely, yeah. Oh my God. Did they miss us, Sir Grant Hall? Possibly, yeah. I, I, some of the players that they've they've lost in the past season has, has definitely weakened them. I think losing, um, who did you say, Naki Wells, Naki Eze, Wells Eze, even yeah. Jordan Hugel as well. Um, he was a joint top scorer last season. So um, they're significantly weakened. Um, and yeah, like I said, I was I was looking back at those highs and I was thinking if Joe Lumley hasn't dropped. Because oh, all, all the keepers are around the same age as well. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking there might be, I mean, I don't know, I was trying to find um, information on the friendlies, but wasn't really given the lineups from from friendly games of who started and whatnot. But Joel Lumley's been in for the competitive games this season, um, and yeah, they've they've lost three two to Coventry, um, lost three two to Plymouth in the cup. Um, surprisingly, they beat Forest two 0 Forest just doing he's a Forest. Gonna, he's going to be sacked. Forest are really struggling. They're really <laughs> yeah. struggling. I think yeah. it's that it's that playoff. <sighs> Like honestly, how miss, they, how they lost that? Like how they lost their playoff place is incredible. Six to goals, me. swinging three points. Jeez, that is the championship summed up, isn't it? Yeah. What well, I seen that they want Eddie Howe now, don't they? All the Do Forest they? fans. Yeah, I was like, yeah, because Eddie Howe is gonna take his year break and um, just to come to Nottingham Forest. The glorified PE teacher. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, I like any help. I've I've got a few more bits in, but we, did you want to finish on any? Yeah, I've just got um, really solidifying how glad their defence is. Only Luton and Hull conceded more goals than QPR last season. They conceded seventy six. Uh, then they had the fourth worst defence. Uh, so weird, last considering season. they finished thirteenth. I know it's crazy, isn't it? But like I said, they are notorious for just not being able to defend very well. Seventy one goals conceded in two thousand eighteen nineteen, the fourth worst. Like I just mentioned, seventy conceded in. Uh, the season before that, in 2017-18, that was the fifth worst defence. They've just got, honestly, the the QPR fans said it themselves, it was really, really bad defending against uh, Coventry. Just their defence is so hapless. So I'd say get balls in the box, put constant pressure on them. Uh, Lee Wallace had an absolute nightmare against Coventry City. Uh, so that right-hand side could uh, for Borough could prove key mm. in unlocking them. Um, yeah, the few uh, other things I had to just look back of head-to-head games. Last six, uh, Borough won three, QPR two, and we've drawn one. Um, last season it was a, a loss uh, and a draw. John Hugel scoring and tearing his hammy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, That's what he gets. The only other thing um, was just kind of picking out, we've kind of mentioned um, a few of them um, so far, but key players are kind of ones to watch here. Um, obviously, Lyndon Dykes, we've sort of heavily linked with as well. Um, Elias Chair. Um, the other player on the other side, uh, Bright Osai Samuel, he's, he's only 22. Um, he seemed to be quite heavily involved um, in the game against Coventry and was kind of high up in the ratings as well. Um, and Johan Barbe, obviously, previously of Brentford, he scored the, the second for them, just a um, thunderbolt for off, off the corner, wasn't it? So um, I think he'll be. You know, quite hard to break down as well. He's a, he's a pretty good defender. So, um, but other than that, it just seems a bit imbalanced, as Dan has alluded to. They've got Jeff Cameron. They had Jeff Cameron sent him in. He's thirty-five now. Um, What's wrong so, with that? Great. Um, <laughs> legs might have gone a little bit. Um, so, 
yeah, uh, I'm I'm fairly optimistic to be fair for the game, given their poor defending and, and the amount of chances um, we seem to be creating. So, but yeah, I was going to ask you what you feel about the game. Um, I know Dana mentioned there about them being the the fourth highest goals conceded last year. They are an expansive team um, under Mark Warburton. He's an expansive coach under Brentford. They're exactly the same. They'd concede goals, but they're trying out to score you in, in, in those games. And I thought they looked quite impressive last year at times, and some of the, the fluidity of the play was quite good. I appreciate they've, they've lost Eze now, Naki Wells and uh, Hugo. Obviously, Hugo was more of like the the centrepiece up, up front. You know, try and play off him and, and get around him uh, with, with the wing play as well. But obviously, they've, they've missed, they're missing and they've lost quite a few key players. Um, in the gen- in the general window in the summer window, uh, else well, let's, let's ask you. Let's are you, you expecting a difficult game, or are you, uh, you do you think you, you're going to go there confident? Neil Warnock and Soul Team as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> who isn't his old team? But it will go over. Neil Warnock <laughs> on team. Zoom. Yeah. yeah, everyone in the championship. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly optimistic for it. I I, I think uh, this will be a fairly um, difficult game as well because, like you say, going forward they are they are they've still got some decent players. Um, again, I don't want to kind of bring this home and away bias into it um, again because I think it's a, a little bit out the window. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a, a fairly sort of high scoring game. Um, definitely an over two point five if you're a betting man. One <laughs> um, take your tips. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, I'm I'm quite confident that. Um, we can come away with something, to be honest, because yeah, the, just looking back at the, the games, obviously this season um, and, and those highlights from the other night, um, I know it's not kind of a lot to go off, but um, we're coming into teams now where the you know the maybe at our level or maybe slightly above us last season instead of the, the two relegated teams who we who we played. So yeah. yeah, it's that expectancy as well. The expectancy of we probably didn't look like we were going to get anything from Bournemouth and Watford and. Yes, we've got a point, and I'm happy with a point. But obviously, when you play against the, the let's say the lesser teams in the division, you go there expecting to win. Sometimes that can be that added pressure, um, and obviously, uh, we could get battered. Uh, but who knows? Um, but Dana, uh, bef- George Savile. Uh, before you ask, yes, he is. Um, look, if you're Neil Warnock in the coaching staff, obviously, if Neil's feeling a little bit better, um, would you make a little bit of changes? in the team on Saturday against QPR, obviously Sam Morsey coming to the team maybe for, for Savile? No, I think only because Savile had a very, very good game against um, Bournemouth, I thought, you know, I put the stats on Twitter, he was a very, very good one. I think he was probably our best midfield player, um, I'd say, against Bournemouth, and he was key to making sure that we won that midfield battle. So I think it would be very harsh to drop Savile. Plus, I think that Morsey's real co- um, really the competition for Housen more than Savile. Um, I don't really see any reason to change it, to be honest. I mean, the fact that QPR are not particularly great with creating chances, they seem to be having the same problem as uh, as us, really, at the moment. So I think that probably because they just don't have that real creative um, outlet, I don't really think that Morsey is, is needed as much as maybe he could have been against Bournemouth or he could be in the games to come. So I think I'd, I'd probably keep Johnny House in there, but... Definitely put Morsey on towards the end of the game so that he can, you know, get into it. Um, I think it'd be stupid to bring Morsey in and just keep him on the bench. Um, I think he obviously needs to be embedded into the the style of the team. So I think I'd probably keep him on the bench, but I'd t- I'd bring him off towards the end of the game. I'd say. Yeah. I think uh, there's not much, uh, 
you know, there's not much reason to make many changes um, for next week. I think you could maybe look at if Fletcher's injured, obviously. There's not even just Chuba Akpom. There's Marcus Brown who could have a shout of starting after after scoring. Um, and the only other position I'd potentially look to, to change, depending on how it goes during the week, is um, Colson in for uh, Johnson. Um, just to kind of freshen things up. But... Um, it's one of those. I know he doesn't. I know Neil Warnock maybe doesn't favour um, him as much, but I didn't think there was a lot from from Johnson yesterday. So, can we just um, talk about Neil Warnock on Zoom? By the way, like managing that game on Zoom, like how <laughs> how was that happening? <laughs> Doesn't uh, that just sort this year? Like how crazy yeah. is that? I wonder if he had a background. Oh yeah, definitely. Custom yeah, bookshelf. background. <laughs> Every, everyone has the classic bookshelf in the background, oh, which are books that have never the read. The Field Stadium, as, as, as you would have. No, yeah. I feel like he'd have had, you know, like a fishing pond in the background or something, or, yeah. or in Cornwall. Yeah, I would have loved, like, I would have loved to, like, to hear, like, the com- like be a fly on the wall in conversations. Like, is it Nichols? He goes, oh, I hate these bloody things, and it's like, it's like stuff like oh, that. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. know how he like did it. I wonder if he was watching it like on the border site and had that dodgy commentary for like oh, thirty-five oh, minutes. Oh, there wasn't any commentary. Was <laughs> well, you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, that sound honestly. He'd have been, what was kick- going he'd on been there? kicking off about that. Maybe that's why it got fixed. And maybe Neil got on the phone and was like, "Right, you need to sort this out." <laughs> Even I'm trying to watch it, and it's terrible. <laughs> Um, yeah. oh, uh, I love it. I know. I love. I absolutely love it. Though. But to be fair, like the the one pro we've got this season, even though like Neil's uh, unfortunately got COVID, you got you got Blackwell there. who's got bags of experience. Jepson's got loads of experience as well. I was thinking that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. they were, they were both experienced. Yeah, they were everywhere. It's they, were, great. they were both so done the touchdown at one point. I remember sort of both sort of shouting orders, and um, the players seemed quite receptive to it as well. So it was uh yeah, it was pretty good. Mm. Well, I think there's one couple of changes before like you, you, we move on to our predictions, <clears throat> which I got one right <clears throat> last, last week, <laughs> uh, yesterday. Um, <laughs> I would probably look to put Brown in for Tav. Um, play Brown is more of his natural position of a number 10. I'd bring Akpom into the team for obviously an injured Fletcher and I'd probably make that third choice. Uh, that third sub would be probably take Johnson out for Coulson and see how Coulson copes. The only issue I have with Coulson is that his positional play, he's not a wing back. He's just, he's yeah, just and this is defensive player. And this is the thing: shaky. if you have McNair left centre back, then there's, then there's no cover as well. Because, like I say, when I did look at those average positions as well, Johnson doesn't get forward as much as Spence does. Spence was a lot higher at the pitch, almost in line with the strikers, um, whereas Johnson was in line with the midfielders. So, yeah. um, that's and, what that might be the thinking there, and why yeah, Johnson keeps getting picked. So. I think Danny mentioned the attack predominantly on the right hand side as well, so it could be. It could probably be a bit better for Johnson to probably play if he's going to stick back more than say a Coulson would. Um, so we probably 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 won't see the change there. Um, but I would definitely put Brown in for Tav because I think Tav's been off the boil a little bit and give Akpom a start if if, he, if he's fit and raring to go. But let's talk about predictions, guys. Uh, what he's going for on Saturday against Coupe? Yeah, I'm going for for some reason two 0 Boris floating around my head. I think that I'm going to go for that two 0 uh, Boris for Dana. Uh, two one Boris. As well. I always think we're going to concede at the minute. We've yeah. seen it be a bit shaky. Um, but yeah, I can see a 2-1 Borough floating around. You never know. Well, if you just want to come to, come to me, guys, for some score predictions. <laughs> I since... think, uh, did, did me and you both say 2-2 last week? We Dana? did, yeah. So we're we going to get a point for the right um, <laughs> result anyway. But oh, I think, that's I think, cute, I th- isn't it? That's I, think cute. I think you might be leading, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check after this I'm never going to let you slip it down if I win it you know I'll be parading around Twitter and be like see I'm the real MVP of the Borough Breakdown with Horny for Warney on his arse Horny for Warney on my arse yeah I'm, honestly 
There's patterns of our player sub arms, and I feel like, oh, I might be, uh, I'm a little bit worried here. We could actually do quite well this year, but then, but then I, I start and think myself, no, we're going to probably be a mid-table side. When Borough at the post, you keep just looking down. Like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I just, I just know Borough's conversion rate's so poor, then I think we probably won't uh, probably go up this year. But, hey, I mean, if we got promoted at Wembley or something... I wouldn't mind getting a tattoo on my, on my ass. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be quite happy with that. Um, but that's pretty much it, guys. And just before we go, I want to give a shout-out to Embora 123 and Frank Foster uh, for their kind words on the review section of Apple Podcasts. Um, and if anyone else would like to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, um, that would be absolutely amazing. That helps us get found, um, chatted in the podcast world, and helps all the Borough fans, you know, listen to a decent podcast. So... Um, that's it. The Borough have got their season going with their first point on the board. Um, a new centre forward, more signings set to come in. That was all your match day chatter in a pod. Let's get this warning machine rolling up. Up the Borough breakdown. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for that's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Oh! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.